You're listening to the Creekside Church Sunday morning message. And now, a message from Pastor George. Thank you, Pastor Jesse. Uh, just to clarify, you, you don't have to wear pajamas on Christmas Eve. Yeah, uh, you can. You are more than welcome to uh, appropriate pajamas, and, but you don't have to wear them. Uh, so a couple things I want to do before we get right into it. Uh, one of the things I want to make you guys aware of, we did this for the last, I think we did it last year, maybe the year before, but you'll notice a tree over there as you exit. On that tree, we only have three left, and what those are are cards that you will pick one if you choose to do so and take it to my friend Karen over there, and she will give you an envelope with information of a family who, uh, the, where the parents are incarcerated, but we are going to supply the kids with a Christmas this year and buy them gifts. And uh, we, Creekside, uh, if you go and do the shopping, we will reimburse you uh, the funds. So uh, if you're interested in that or if you have more questions, go see uh, Karen at Guest Central. And the reason we do it this way, and we're still supporting families at school and stuff like that, but the reason we do it this way is because I believe it's important that we have an opportunity uh, to have our hands in it and our feet in it. And we're just not going, oh, here's you know, some money to go buy some kids gifts. You get to deliver the gifts and you get to experience the joy on these kids' faces. So uh, we put together, oh, it looks like there's only one left, if I can see correctly. So anyway, uh, there's that. The other thing I want to do, uh, with our harvest offering, we support a number of organizations, and we, um, we support a number of missionaries. And I've, I've always said through the harvest offering, we are going to get the hands in, or the money into the hands of people who are effectively doing the ministry. And I, 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 didn't, say I, was, I didn't tell them I was going to do this, but I do want to introduce somebody, uh, a couple that we do support that are uh, having an effective ministry uh, in Israel. And I want uh, you guys to see and give a round of applause to Marco and Abby uh, Ricciardi. They're here right, right there. Uh, thank you for what you guys are doing. I know you're here temporarily and uh, please continue to pray for them as they minister and serve Christ uh, in the midst of everything that is going on in Israel right now. Uh, pray for protection, pray for provision, and you also have a 15-month-year-old son. So they, they, uh, I've gotten to know this guy over the last couple of years, and it blows my mind what God is doing through him and what you know, the assignment that he said yes to God to. So uh, if you get a chance, meet him and Abby. They're amazing people uh, after service, and uh, we're going to continue to support them and pray for them. All right. Thank you for allowing me to do that. You guys ready? Yeah. <laughs> Carl, you're ready, man. I know you are. Uh, today, as we get started, what's that? They're all gone. They're all gone? Thanks for that update. So... How many did we do? 15? 15 families? 
Yeah. Uh, today, I want to get started by uh, get started about uh, get started talking about our next element in Advent. And I got to tell you, I want to say thank you to the Sandros family because they did a huge pivot. We recorded them throughout the week to be, to stay consistent with uh, our Advent devotionals on video during worship, but there was some glitches in the video, so they had to do it live today. So I want to I want to thank them for doing that. But I want to get today, as we get started, think, uh, talking about the next element in our Advent series, I want us to sing that wonderful uh, Christmas hymn, Hakuna Matata. You don't, you don't know what that is? I mean, you know, Hakuna, Hakuna Matata, the Lord has come, the earth will receive. No. Now, before you decide that I've tipped back a little too much of uh, Uncle Eddie's eggnog, that's a movie reference, by the way, Uncle Eddie, or Cousin Eddie. It's Cousin Eddie. Now it makes sense. I know it's joy to the world, not Hakuna Matata. But that Swahili phrase made famous in the 1994 movie called The... How many of you guys have seen it? A lot in this room. The Lion King sometimes seems to be the way you and I approach, you know, this season. Hakuna Matata. Do you know what that phrase means? No worries. No worries. And in the movie, the song is sung by a meerkat named Timon and a warthog named Pumbaa who are trying to convince a young lion named Simba. See, you guys are smart. To forget about his troubles and just live life in the moment. Hakuna Matata. It's their problem-free philosophy. And it's an appealing one if, if, you know, if we're being honest. But no worries is not what the angels proclaimed on that first Christmas. Instead, they proclaimed the good news of great joy to all people. Joy to the world. The Lord has come. Now, as we approach uh, Christmas, we often hear about joy and, and what a joyful season it is, right? So what do we do with all of these negative feelings? Because it's the season of joy, we take all of these negative feelings and we cram them down inside. We stuff them deep down inside. And if we don't feel joyful, what do we do? We try hard to create joy by, by tossing our troubles or sweeping them under the rug, ignoring our deepest struggles. Out of sight, out of mind. And we're just living for this moment. Moment. But that's not what the joy of Christmas is all about. And while it, be, it may be nice for a moment to have a reprieve from some of these negative circumstances, in all reality, it's a very shallow and short-lived attempt. I think the gift of this joy that God offers us in Jesus this Advent season is one of deep, and abiding joy. It is a joy so powerful it can't, it cannot, I mean, it can hold its own against a dark and hurting world. 
It's so powerful that it can hold its own against even our own circumstances in the midst of all of our troubles and all of our struggles. And we still talk, I mean, we're going to talk about this a little bit later, how we can experience joy, even though, you know, we're dealing with some negative circumstances throughout this Advent season. But for now, I want to encourage all of us to allow, you know, open your heart and allow God to speak into it this morning. Let's approach this with a spirit, a, a spirit of honesty. Now, listen, I'm, I'm not telling you that you have to cast aside all of your cares and cast aside your worries to attain this God-given joy. It's a joy that Peter even described as glorious and inexpressible. He said this in 1 Peter, You love Him even though you have never seen Him. Though you do not see Him now, you trust Him. And you, say it with me, rejoice with a glorious what? inexpressible joy now if you've been able to join us over the past few weeks you know that we begin this journey through advent season by focusing on hope and love hope and love for those who may not know or this is your first experience through advent advent simply means coming or arrival And the season is marked by expectation, by waiting, by anticipation, and a longing. See, Advent is just not another extension or another thing we do at Christmas. It is a season that links the past to the present and to the future. Advent offers all all of us the opportunity to share in the ancient longing for the coming of the Messiah and to celebrate His birth and also to be alert and aware of His second coming. And during Advent, what do we do? We saw the Sandros family uh, light these candles. We light candles around a, a green wreath. And each candle represents the aspects of Jesus coming into this lost, hurting, and dark world. And each flame, each candle we light, each flame draws us closer to the arrival of the one true light and hope of this world, Jesus The first week of Advent, we lit the candle of hope. We talked about hope past, hope present, and a hope future as we looked at a few prophecies regarding the arrival or the coming of the Messiah. Not only did we see a few prophecies about the arrival or the coming of the Messiah, we were also challenged to place our hope in Him even in the midst of trials of our life. And we were reminded of the hope the hope still to be fulfilled when he comes again. Then last week we lit the candle of love and we talked about how we accept and not just accept, but we experience and we share this gift of God's love to those around us as we discover, as we discover how deep, how long, how high and wide his love is for each of us. Today, we lit the candle of joy. Advent is a season to experience joy of the coming of the Savior of this world. This joy, it's more than a feeling. And if you you just heard Boston's song in your head, you are over 50. It is more than a feeling. 
It is a joy that causes all of creation to celebrate. It's deep and it's powerful. And it's the kind of rejoicing. You see what I did there? It's where this word comes from. Rejoicing that's talked about throughout the Psalms, such as Psalm 96, verse 11 and 13. It says, let the heaven be glad and the earth do what? Rejoice. Rejoice. Let the sea and everything in it shout His praise. Let the fields and their crops burst out with what? Joy. joy. Let the trees of the forest sing for joy before the Lord. For He is coming. He is coming to judge the earth. He will judge the world with justice and the nations, will, or the nations with His truth. Friends, in Advent, we are preparing and we are expecting. The bottom line is this. Jesus is coming. Jesus is coming. And for that alone we should rejoice and this is our focus today but the question that many of us wrestle with so often and you know this to be true what if i just don't feel joy this season what if i'm not feeling joyful this season it's a fair question with everything going on in this world with everything going on in our life it is hard to feel joy how can you receive God's gift of joy in the midst of suffering, in the midst of loneliness, in the midst of pain, in the midst of grief, in the midst of busyness, in the midst of, of stress, or for some, even in the midst of boredom? How, how, how can we receive this joy? I want to look together at how we can do just that. And the first thing is that we can do is anticipate this joy. We can anticipate it. Anticipate joy. Let me ask you a question. Have you ever waited for something for so long that you gave up hope that it would ever arrive? Yeah? Or maybe you've waited for something for so long that you've just forgotten that it was on its way. Or you wait, you've waited for something for so long that maybe you know you even Maybe you even not known it was coming. I mean, you probably heard stories of the postal service kind of messing up or making mistakes and delivering letters years after they were sent. Maybe some of you have experienced that yourself. And there's some great stories out there of this, but one such delivery was written about in the Washington Post in 2015. And it was a letter that reached its intended recipient 14 years after it was mailed. The letter was written from a father in India to his son who lived in New York City. It was, a it was handwritten by the father a few short weeks before 9-11. But it was a bit confusing when it showed up in 2014. See, the man's father, he had passed away years earlier. As he described in the newspaper essay, the man was flooded with deep emotion, a deep reminder and a sense of connection to his late father. Tears flooded his eyes as he held you know, physical objects created by his father, expressing concern about his, his son's and his grandchildren's safety and about the events of the world in that tragic time. In the article, the son wrote this, 14 years is a long time to wait for a letter. 
but rarely has one been more welcome. The expression of concern in the letter is sadly still relevant today. But the physical letter itself was a real joy. Certainly an unexpected joy. One that was on its way the whole time. The letter would have been meaningful had it arrived on time, but it took on an even deeper emotion over time. I think joy can be the same way. I think this gift of joy that God gives us can be the same, whether we know it's coming or not. Whether we, we've given you know, up, we've given up hope for its arrival or not. Joy can be the same way. When we started this journey through Advent, talking about hope, we looked at the history of the people of Israel who was waiting. They were waiting for a Messiah for thousands of years. Like I said before, most of us can't wait for an Amazon Prime package two days. The third day when it hasn't arrived, we're irate. They were waiting a thousand years for the arrival of the Messiah. That's a, you know, that... To wait that long is tough. Certainly some of those Israelites gave up hope on the the fact that the Messiah was ever going to arrive. I mean, they probably did what you and I would do in this long time of waiting. They probably did, and you could probably relate to this. You know, what did they do in this waiting hundreds and hundreds of years for the arrival of the Messiah? They probably do what you and I do. Just we, we just got on with life. We just get on with life. We just carried on, distracted with life, focused on what is 10 minutes in front of our face. Not thinking they would ever see the coming of the Messiah, but others held out hope. And I know that there's some of us in this room that do just that. Hold out hope. You know, their waiting wasn't passive. Their waiting was an active waiting. And when you and I, when we engage in active waiting, anticipating what is to come, and we're watching for it, the waiting ends up having a purpose. Hope remains. Hope stays alive. And again, joy is the same. Joy is similar. This joy that we so deeply desire. Even when we don't feel joy right now, we can anticipate We can anticipate the coming of joy in this world in the gift of Jesus Christ and what He did on the cross. We can prepare to move from our state of discouragement or oblivion into anticipation and and, and experiencing a life-giving joy. I think the shepherds in the Christmas story knew a little something about this. And, you know, they're a good example for us. When the angel showed up and delivered the message to the shepherds on a hillside outside of Bethlehem, the shepherds, you know, they, they didn't immediately feel joy. As a matter of fact, it said they were afraid. They were scared. And Luke tells us, says in verse 10, but the angels reassured them, don't be afraid. I bring you good news that will bring you what? Great joy. To all people, the Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David. 
See, the angels first addressed their fear. Their fear. Then helped them move beyond their fear to receive a message of joy that the Savior, the Messiah, the one Israel had anticipated and waited for, you know, for so long, had been born. And by the end of the night, those shepherds, they finally got it. And Luke says in verse 20 that the shepherds went back to their flocks, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen. It was just as the angel had told them. Now, as you and I walk through Advent this season, we know what's coming. We know what's coming. We're not going to be surprised. We know that Christ, the Messiah, has come. And we can celebrate that and we can rejoice over that. We knew there is more to come with His eventual return. And this, we still we, we, we need to anticipate that. But I want to challenge us and encourage us to experience Advent as a season when we can anticipate the arrival of joy. True joy. Even when we struggle with the reality of today. True joy. How can we receive this gift of joy even in the midst of our troubles, even in the midst of our struggles? Well, first we anticipate joy. We look forward to it. We know it's coming. The second is this. We need to recognize this joy. We need to recognize it. Do you ever wonder why out of all the people in the world, the wise men were the only ones that recognized the star and what it meant? They were the only ones that saw it and recognized what it meant and followed the star of Bethlehem. I mean, it was a star. It was right there in the sky for the world to see. The world. But most people, Jews and Gentiles alike, you know what? They didn't recognize its meaning. They didn't know what it led to. For the men who did, it caused great joy within them, seeing that star. Matthew chapter 2 says, when they saw, when they saw the stars, they were filled with what? Joy. When they saw the star, they were filled with joy. They entered the house and they also saw the child with his mother Mary. And they bowed down and worshipped him, and they opened up their treasure chests and gave him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. See, the Magi traveled a long way to find the, the, the one whose birth was announced by the star. A long way. They encounter, uh, encountered hardships on their journey. And they had to deal with you know, the deceptive and horrible King Herod as well. And not just that, they even lost sight of the star for a little bit. But they knew, even in spite of those difficult circumstances, even in spite of the trials and the struggles that they experienced, they knew what they were looking for. They knew what they were looking for. And they kept seeking it even when things went wrong. In spite of their negative circumstances, they kept their focus on it. They recognized the arrival of joy in this world, and they were filled with joy as they responded to it, bringing their gifts to Jesus. And I get it. For many of us, it's hard to recognize joy in our lives sometimes, isn't it? 
it's hard to recognize. With everything that we got to deal with, all of the busyness, stress, anxiety, fear, loneliness, you know, all of the, the, the circumstances that we have to face during this time of the year. And I know this season, Christmas season, amplifies whatever feelings we have, good or bad. It's hard to recognize joy in our lives sometimes, especially, especially because here's the reality. It doesn't always look the way we expect it to. It doesn't always look the way we want it to. We expect joy to be, you know, free of, of worry and trials and stress and anxiety. But the Bible tells us that joy isn't found in the absence of trouble. This true God-given Uh, gift of joy is found in the midst of in the midst of and even because of the trials that we face James chapter 1 verse 2 and 3 says dear brothers and sisters when troubles of any kind come your way he says for us to consider it an opportunity for what great joy For you know that when your faith is tested, your endurance has an opportunity. It has a chance to grow. There's most definitely is nothing hakuna matata about that type of joy. But how much richer, how much deeper is the experience of joy when it glows bright, illuminating our path in the midst of the storms that we walk through? in the midst of difficult times, in the midst of darkness. Friends, when we recognize that joy comes from trials, when we recognize that joy comes in the midst of of dealing with difficulties in our life, because they produce perseverance that makes us into the people that God intended for us to be, then we can experience joy even in the midst of hard times. When we recognize it, when we see it so how can we receive this gift of joy in the midst of troubles and our struggles first we need to anticipate it we know it's coming i'm eager i'm eager for it to be here the second is we can recognize it i'm going to look for it even even you know i'm going to move you know three feet or 10 minutes beyond my field of vision and see what god has in store and the third and it's one of our Team Creekside Core Values, if you've taken growth track step, you know, two or three, you know this to be true. The third thing we can do to experience this type of joy is simply choose joy. Make the decision to live joy. The idea that we can choose joy might be a little deceiving for some, though. We can't just close our eyes and focus really hard and, you know, and, and conjure up joy in our life. In fact, that type of thing often leads to moving us away from being joyful and probably a little resentful. Joy is a gift from God. Joy is you know, a fruit of the Spirit. So we can't just create it by by trying harder 
or doing better. But we can choose to live our lives in such a way where God says it will bring joy. We can choose to live in the ways that God says will bring joy in our life. And this concept is kind of like, you know, it, you can kind of parallel it to physical health and physical well-being. We, we can't just get stronger by thinking and mentally choosing to be stronger or identifying as a man of muscle. We can't do it. We have to exercise and we have to build our strength one step at a time. You know, it's the daily discipline of, of exercising that makes us stronger. And while we can't just concentrate hard and choose joy, we can do a few things. We can choose gratitude, we can choose to obey, and we can choose to remain in the, uh, Christ's love. We can choose to abide. When we do these things, what do we do? We open ourselves up to joy. I want to dig in a little more on these three, these three choices that you and I can make today. Choose gratitude. We could choose to be thankful. We can reframe our negative experiences and see it through the lens of Christ. I mean, try it. When you don't feel joyful, try giving thanks for something. Try it out loud. Name, name you know, three things. Some of you can name five. Some of you can name ten. It's amazing when you start you know, writing them down and making a list of all the things that you are grateful for, how quickly that list begins to grow. And I know it's counterintuitive. When you don't feel joyful, what would we rather do? We would rather put a lot of time and energy into griping and complaining. Right? But when you choose gratitude, you know, giving thanks, what does that do? It opens our heart up to receive joy. Griping, grumbling, and complaining, and being negative closes our heart off from experiencing that. I think that's why Paul, the Apostle Paul, instructed the Thessalonians. He said this in chapter 5, verse 16. Always be joyful. Always be joyful. Never stop praying. Be thankful in all circumstances. When you don't have enough money, when you're losing your job, when you feel like the weight of the world is cracked, I know it's hard, but there's something that the Apostle Paul wants us to understand. We have to choose to be thankful. Never stop praying. Be thankful in all circumstances, for this is God's will, will for you <clears throat> who belong to Christ Jesus. So for those of us who have fully surrendered to Christ, guess what? This leaves little room for griping and complaining and being negative. I don't write it, but I got to follow it, <laughs> like all of us in this room. Always be joyful. Gratitude goes a long way, and it leads us to ultimate joy. 
when you don't know what to do, when you feel overwhelmed by life, when you don't know what tomorrow brings, when you feel overwhelmed with this season that we're in, when you feel anything but joy, give thanks. Give thanks. So choose gratitude. The other thing is choose to obey. In, in John chapter 15, and I encourage you to read it when you have an opportunity, but in verse 10, it says, when you obey, Jesus says, when you obey my commands, you remain in my love, just as I obey my Father's commands and remain in His love. Then He goes on to say, in verse 11, I have told you what I just said, so that, you, that my, what? Joy may be in you, and that your joy may be complete. So what did he tell his disciples? What was the secret to this type of joy that Jesus offers? Obedience. Obedience. In John 15, 10, he told his followers to obey his commands. And we often want joy to appear out of nowhere, right? I deserve it. I worked hard. I should be joyful. I'm entitled to it. We just want it to, to well up out of nowhere. But Jesus says it clearly comes from being obedient to His commands. Like gratitude. We have to practice that. The same with obedience. We have to practice that. It's a process of seeking to follow God's way and, to put, and not just to know what He says, but take His commands and then we put it into action. We don't always get them right. But the more we align ourselves with God's Word and the more we understand His ways and then the more we choose to, to put His commands into action and it, that you know, align with His will and His purpose and His wisdom, the more we open ourselves up to experience a joy that we've never experienced before. Experience the good fruit of those choices. And the more we prepare ourselves to encounter or uh, prepare ourselves to experience and receive His inexpressible and glorious joy. I know it's something that I could use more of, and I'm willing to bet that many of us in this room would say, ah, I could use a little bit more of that kind of joy. That unshakable, unbreakable, inexpressible, glorious joy that's only a gift from God through Jesus. I'm going to invite the worship team to come up as I give you the last of the three. Choose to be grateful, choose to obey, and then choose to abide. John 15 also tells us the second part of, uh, to the secret of joy. And, and it's a love triangle. It's a love triangle. Jesus said that just as He remains in His Father's love, we remain in His love. And our joy is made complete. Our joy is made complete. This is not an immediate, quick satisfaction concept. It's the idea of continual love. Continual relationship with Jesus that brings this inexpressible, glorious joy into our lives. Jesus used the metaphor of a vine. I am the vine, you are the branches. Apart from me, you can bear no fruit. 
John 15, because I mean, Jesus here, we see him describing a process of ongoing growth through the, the visual of a vine and the branches and fruit. Ongoing growth and nourishment that produces good fruit. The same is true in our relationship with Jesus. Our joy is made, by, uh, made complete by imitating, imitating Christ's love and obedience to the Father. Imitating. So here's what I want us to do. I want, to, I want you to allow this season, this Advent season, to be a time of gratitude, to be a time of thankfulness, to, not to be a time of focusing on what you don't have or what you're not getting, but a time of gratitude for what God has blessed you with. You know, for some of us, it may, I, I, I don't know if I'm going to have a job tomorrow, but you know what? You have a house, a roof over your head today. I don't know how I'm going to buy my kids Christmas presents this year, but you know what? Your children has a parent that loves them. I don't know how I'm going to get through this diagnosis. Neither do I. But you're here today. And I know that God can heal. We can reframe a lot of what we allow ourselves to focus on that suck the joy right out of us. Gratitude, obedience. Let it be a season of abiding and remaining in Christ's love as we anticipate the joy that he brings this Christmas. I'm going to invite you to stand with me. I'm going to pray with you. We're going to sing a song. And then I'm going to come up and leave you with something this morning. Father God, we thank you that in this season of Advent, we can receive your gift of inexpressible, glorious joy. Father, I pray that you help us to anticipate and recognize and, and give us the ability to choose joy as we give thanks out of the gratitude of our heart, as we you know, obey your commands and as we remain in you, lead us, Father, into joy as you lead us into a deeper relationship with you. Give us, Father, the courage, the boldness, the confidence, and the strength to rejoice no matter what we face, no matter what circumstances that are weighing in on us. Give us the ability to rejoice. And Father, I pray that we make our joy complete in you. Can we do that, Creekside? I believe we can because you have Christ in you. Let's sing. I want to leave you with this benediction. I want you to read it with me. Always be full of joy in the Lord. I say it again. Come on. Rejoice. Rejoice. I don't know how you can sit there and go, rejoice. We need more people rejoicing out in this world. Now let's get out there and let's live that in full view of those around us. Can we do that? You guys are loved. Have a great week. We'll see you next week.